Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number one of Revelation chapter 15. We're going to be reading the first two verses. And I saw another sign in heaven, great and marvelous, seven angels having the seven last plagues, for in them is filled up the wrath of God. And I saw as it were a sea of glass mingled with fire, and them that had gotten the victory over the beast and over his image and over his mark and over the number of his name, stand on the sea of glass, having the harps of God. Revelation chapter 15 is a short chapter. It only has eight verses in it. And we're, we're going to see as we study this chapter that it is focused on God giving the vials full of the last plagues to his people as the seven angels and and remember angels can also properly be translated as messengers are picturing the true believers and god gives them the vials full of the seven last plagues and the task of pouring out the seven last plagues upon the world and that uh, matches, it agrees with what we learned in the previous chapter, that uh, the Lord sends forth the sickle, that is, he sends his people to reap in the day of judgment, which is also likened to a harvest. And Revelation 15 is picking up on that very same idea, God commissioning his people to prophesy again, not to prophesy the gospel and evangelize the world that people might hear and become saved, but to prophesy the word of God to declare the truth that the Bible is teaching in the day of judgment. And as the Lord's people do that, as they simply share what the Bible teaches in the days after the tribulation, it will basically uh, accomplish the purpose of God in pouring out the vials full of the wrath of God. And to say it another way, we know the Bible teaches that Christ comes as judge and the saints judge the world with him in Revelation 15 and also in chapter 16 will reveal to us in a, a very dramatic way how the true believers are involved in sharing the language of the Bible, which pronounces the judgment upon the world. Uh, and, well, well, we'll see that later on when we look a little further into the chapter that the seven angels are and can only be true believers. But now, at this point, we're just starting. We're going to go verse by verse without jumping ahead. Uh, so let's start at verse 1 of Revelation chapter 15. 
And it says again, And I saw another sign in heaven, great and marvelous. And the first thing we think of is, well, what was the first sign? If God is given John another sign in heaven, then what did he see to begin with in heaven? What what was that first sign? And as we um, look up the word sign that's used here, it, it's the Greek simeon, and it's Strong's number 4592. It's translated at times as sign, or it can be translated as wonder or miracle. And it was used in the book of Revelation, in Revelation chapter 12, in verse 1. And I'll, I'll read that verse. It says, And there appeared a great wonder in heaven. And that's the same Greek word, Simeon, or a great sign in heaven. Just as we have in Revelation 15, 1. And I saw another sign in heaven, great and marvelous. So it's, it's fairly sure that the first sign seen in heaven is what was referred to in Revelation 12, 1. And let me finish reading that verse. There appeared a great wonder sign in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown of twelve stars. And she, being with child, cried, travailing in birth and pain to be delivered. Now, as we would uh, continue, or if we were to continue reading, we would find the woman gave birth to a man-child, and the man-child can uh, be no one else but the Lord Jesus Christ as he entered into the world, uh, born of the Virgin Mary, and and entered into human history uh, in 7 B.C. And then the Bible says he was caught up unto God into his throne, that is, eventually, after his period of time on earth, he he um, was resurrected and he did go to be with the Lord. Acts chapter 1 uh, shows us that Christ was caught up into heaven. And the woman then flees into the wilderness where she has a place prepared for 1,203 score days. Now, we went through Revelation 12 and we discussed all these things and the, the 1260 days point to the uh, New Testament church age. And uh, anyway, the woman is a picture of the true believers from whom God brought forth the Lord Jesus Christ. Or at least that's the, the image or the picture that God is drawing that Christ came through the line of the believers um, the faithful line, or it's it's just a picture that uh, the true believers are the woman clothed with the sun as God himself is likened to the sun. So they have the righteousness of Christ as their covering and so forth. And, and that is the sign, the great sign that John saw in heaven. And now in Revelation 15, 1, uh, it, again, it says, And I saw another sign in heaven, great and marvelous. Seven angels having the seven last plagues. 
Now, the first great sign was a picture of the woman who represented the true believers. And this this other great and marvelous sign is again a picture of the true believers. But uh, they're, they're here called seven angels or seven messengers. And they are typifying God's elect just as the woman in, in the first instance, when the Apostle John was given a great sign in heaven, typify God's elect. But the seven messengers have a, a much different role to play than the woman did. The woman's task was to bring forth the man-child. These seven messengers are, are uh, commissioned with the task of pouring out the the seven last vials full of the wrath of God. Well, it goes on to say that seven angels having the seven last plagues. Well, let, let's um, look at the number seven, since it's used here a couple of times. Seven angels having the seven last plagues. And the number seven is used uh, often in the Bible. And as far as we can tell, it points to perfection. It it seems to have an element of completeness associated with it and an element of fullness also associated with it. And, and God uses other numbers to spiritually represent those things. The number 10 points to completeness. The number 12 to fullness. Seven has elements of that involved with it. And uh, for instance, when God said to Noah, yet seven days until the flood would come. And we know that that was a, a spiritual statement as the Bible tied together uh, one day is a thousand years in Second Peter 3 and, and a thousand years is one day. And God was really saying, you have 7,000 years to find salvation in Christ. That is to get in. That is what the ark typified. And then will come judgment day. And May 21, 2011 was the completion of the 7,000 year period. It was the fullness of the 7,000 year period. And it also involved a perfection. And perhaps the number seven, since it involves complete fullness, that has to do with the perfection of what's in view. And and so uh, God there uh, speaks of seven. It's also used many times in the book of Genesis with the account of Pharaoh's dreams. Remember, Pharaoh had a dream of uh, seven fat kind and and then seven skinny, ill-favored kind ate up the seven fat kind and seven good stalks of ears followed by seven uh, skinny stalks of ears which ate up the the good stalks and and then Joseph interpreted the dream that that the seven good kind and the seven good stalks of ears are seven years. Uh, 
and the seven ill-favored kine and the seven uh, skinny stalks of ears are seven years. The dream is one. But seven, 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 uh, 29 times in that chapter, I believe, the number seven is given. It, it is uh, overwhelming emphasis upon that number, and yet every single one of those references points to the seven years typifies the great tribulation that will come at the time of the end, that that uh, actually that great tribulation comes after 13,000 years of history to the very year in 1988 and continues 23 years and concludes May 21, 2011, when the 7,000-year timeline from the flood lands. And, and yet the 23-year actual time period of the Great Tribulation is typified by seven years of famine, 777, pointing to the perfection of the Great Tribulation period. And there is one verse in particular that I think really helps to show um, the spiritual significance of the number seven. And it's in the Psalms, Psalm 12, in verse 6. It says there, The words of Jehovah are pure words, as silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. You, You see how God speaks of his word, and we know the word of God is perfect. It, it is holy, and and holy means no sin, no error, no mistake, no fault, uh, not a, a jot or a tittle out of place, not any word misspoken. It is completely, perfectly uh, pure and holy and just and and the whole of it also. So the complete Bible, the fullness of the Word of God, all 66 books of, of Scripture that God has graciously, mercifully, and and super generously given to us, mankind, and especially His people, the elect, is absolutely pure. It is perfect. And therefore, God uses the figure that these pure words of God are as silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. And and that means the, the fire is put to the silver, the dross is melted away, and you have pure silver remaining. And that's the word of God. And and that's also an excellent illustration of how God uses the number seven regarding what he is speaking of. Now in our verse, in Revelation 15, it, it is the seven messengers. So this has to do with the perfection of the messengers of God. And and who are the messengers of God? Remember what the Lord Jesus Christ said to Nathaniel. Uh, Hereafter you shall see 
angels or messengers ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. And uh, the only way to understand that is that from that point, when people became saved, they would be elevated, lifted up into the heavenlies to be seated in Christ Jesus spiritually. That's what salvation accomplishes. And then it is as though they were immediately dispatched back to earth to remain in their physical body for a period of time in order to be a messenger of God to carry the gospel to the world. And and yet it had to do with true believers that were saved. And, and here, that's also what's in view. Seven messengers points to the perfection of all those that God has saved. And again, it's the complete number of the elect, the fullness of everyone whose name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And we get seven messengers having the seven last plagues. Notice the word having. They are in possession of the seven last plagues. Now, uh, it's actually not until later in Revelation 15 that God himself gives the, the vials full of the seven last plagues to the seven messengers, and then they go forth and pour them out. But but here, uh, it, it's a preview, in a sense, that God is indicating they possess the seven last plagues. And it could be stated this way, because the seven last plagues relate to the Word of God. That is, the judgment of God upon the world is revealed through the Word of God. It It's coming forth from the Bible as God opens up His Word to show uh, and, and grant understanding to the minds of His elect people of the things He has done concerning the spiritual judgment He has brought upon the world. And God's people have, they possess the word. Christ, the word himself, indwells them. God has given them his word. It, It is theirs. And so they have the seven last plagues. Even though there will be an official um giving of the vials of those plagues to them a little later on in the chapter. And, and then they will once again go out and, and they will pour out each of the seven vials and, uh, uh, Revelation chapter 16 goes into detail concerning the pouring out of those plagues. And, uh, the, the word, um, last, the word last here, by the way, uh, is, uh, the, the word, um, eschatos in the Greek. It's Strong's number 2078. And it's the word that we get our, uh, English word eschatology from. And, uh, actually that's a more of a theological word that, 
uh, has to do with the doctrine of last things, or as it's also called, the doctrine of end time things. It, 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 it's a, a word that has to do with that which is last. And here God is saying that the seven messengers have in their possession the seven last plagues. There will be no more plagues after these. The uh, the word last, for instance, is the word in John 12, in verse 48. And it says, He that rejecteth me and receiveth not my words hath one that judgeth him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. And that phrase, last day, is used several times in the Gospel of John, and uh, it, it is the same Greek word, eschatos, that means exactly that. It's the last time, or the, the last day. It is judgment day. There is not going to be another era. There is not going to be some millennial reign of Christ on earth. There is not going to be any additional time period. We have come down to the very final end of all things. And and so these are the last plagues. And God has plagued the world um, oftentimes, actually, throughout history, through the declaration of his word. The word plague is found in Revelation 11. And in verse 6, concerning the two witnesses. And it says in that verse, These have power to shut heaven, that it rain not in the days of their prophecy, and have power over waters to turn them to blood, and to smite the earth with all plagues as often as they will. And again, this is a reference to the two witnesses. And at this point in Revelation 11, God is describing their testimony or their witness during the church age as the word of God was proclaimed through the churches and congregations. They they brought the judgment that the word of God, the Bible, declared to the unsaved people of the earth, and it was as though that the word of God smote and the word of God plagued the the sinners of the earth. And and just to use an example, remember what God says in Revelation 22, in verse 18, For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book, if any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And the Bible is a record of the plagues of God that come upon sinners. And when someone, uh, let's say 500 years ago, during the church age, when they came with another gospel, when they said, we have additional divine revelation of some sort, and they dared add to the word of God the Bible, well then, the Bible, the word itself, smote them, and God plagued them, and and they 
uh, were uh, under the wrath of God. The, the judgment of God struck them down, and uh, even if they were never aware of it, even if they continued on merrily in their false gospel or or uh, in in whatever pr- evil pursuit they were involved in, in adding to the word of God, yet as far as God was concerned, the declaration of the Bible plagued them. And and so there have been many plagues that have been poured out over the course of history, the judgments of God's word, and yet now, uh, as we're reading in Revelation 15, that this is um, following chapter 14, continuing the discussion of judgment day, and in the day of the wrath of God, in the time of the day of the Lord, now the seven messengers of God are are in possession of the seven last plagues. And they are going to go forth carrying the seven last plagues. And this is it. There'll be no more plagues. There'll, there'll be nothing further once these seven vials full of the wrath of God are poured out. And that's what it says at the end of verse 1. For in them is filled up the wrath of God. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.